0: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And I'm Scott Galloway. But, Kara, do you know what my close friends call me? What? Abu Bakar al Big Doggy! That's oh right. Really? Drawing, a a joke? drawing a reference, drawing a reference between me, you will not
0: joke about? me and the Is deceased leader of
1: ISIS. So offensive on so many dimensions that it's not offensive.
0: Do you know they're not talking enough about it? Said Trump last night in Louisiana about his role about in him that. bringing down an
1: even bigger terrorist. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. Anyway, okay, and we're off. Listen to me. There's a lot of news. There's a lot to go in. It was your birthday this week, wasn't it? And I completely forgot.
1: <laughs> That's a shocker. That's a shocker.
0: I forgot. Listen,
1: I'm lying I'll about tell you my age. Just by between the us. Way. Do you lie about your age? You, you, of course, don't lie about no, your age. I lie no, about my age. No, not at
0: all. Of course not. No, how old are you?
1: Uh, I'll be 46 in November, is the official line. No,
0: you won't. Oh, my God. My kids She's
1: don't kidding. know how old I am. Seriously. So just keep it to yourself.
0: That can be easily found. I'm just going to consult Facebook data in a second. We'll get to that big story. Listen, Scott, there's a lot of news. Yeah. We've got to get to it. Okay. Um, I think, but first of all, first of all, I have a, a thing I want to talk to you about, about the business itself. I think we're going to rebrand Pivot to P-I-V-O-T, all caps.
1: That's right. It's
0: Facebook's new brand.
1: Yeah, but all, all caps, it's, it's it's. Uh, so let, let's talk about that. It's sort of interesting um, when I was – in my second year of business school, I was inspired by this professor named David Auker, the father of modern branding, and started a company called Profit, my first firm, a brand strategy firm. Mm-hmm. And we used to do this for a living. We would show up and charge large corporations a lot of money to figure out sure. what their brand was supposed to mean and then figure out the visual metaphors that reinforce that meaning. And I was trying to figure out what the meaning and the focus group and the ethnographies would be around Facebook, trying to understand the DNA of the brand. And what I came up with is they need a logo – that reinforces this association and this core identity, if you will, of reconnecting with loved ones such that you can find mm-hmm. out that they're racists. <laughs> That's the DNA of Facebook's brand. I think they all caps kind of gets that apart. Across it's not let's just
0: say it again. It, Facebook. Okay, not, listen to it's me. It's not There's Facebook, it's Facebook. That's Facebook. Now it's screaming at you. It annoyed you before. Now it's screaming at you in all caps. I'm surprised they didn't add some bangers on the end just to drive you crazy. Listen to me. This huge story is developing. You cannot make this stuff up. There was a huge news dump of leaked documents that showed just how conniving Facebook has yeah. been profiting off your data. And now the California attorney general is suing Zuckerberg and Sandberg uh, for their emails because he says they're not cooperating with them. This, this is an attorney general who's super aggressive. But someone put out 4,000 pages of documents uh, detailing internal use of data. Uh, this is amazing. I can go through them if you'd like, or, or or we can discuss it. But one was the switcheroo. It sounds like a Seinfeld episode. It's actually Facebook's internal plan. Facebook been cutting access to uh, to. User uh, user data for app developers from 2012 to quash potential rivals while presenting the move to the general public as a boon for user privacy. Right. It was contemplating forcing companies to pay access user to access users data and it didn't follow through on the plan. There's just so much in this Trevor Trove, which is essentially what we thought they were doing, which is trying to quash rivals and trying to manipulate your data. So there we have it.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure it's anything that any other company doesn't do. It's just that Facebook's been better at it and it's more, it's more frightening. Well, and the, the level of – they're just so disingenuous getting up and saying we want to give voice to the unheard when they could give a flying you know, flying F about First Amendment rights. Or this just trying to promote this notion that we don't want to be, have any sort of, I don't know, throttle on our business model. But, yeah, you see just inside the organization just how disingenuous they are about everything.
0: Yeah, I keep saying that. No one believes me. The compromise level is so high. Yesterday, David Marcus was on stage at the New York Times event uh, in New York, uh, and so was Macon Delrahim, who's going to be the one suing Facebook for antitrust issues. And he was saying, I think it's not so much being big, and, and I did a panel with Chris Hughes and a whole bunch of people, Craig Newmark, about bigness. And everyone was like, it's not so much big, it's what if you abuse your big power. And right. this is like showing this is exactly this. this is, these are the kind of crumbs that that, that federal uh, prosecutors need to put together a story of using like a very Microsoftian story. So I think it's, I think these new, these leak dumps, it's not the way you'd want it to happen, but it right. certainly is, it shows there are documents out there as we know there are of their behavior.
1: And what do you think happens? Do you think it's California that takes the lead on it? Do you think it's Washington? What do you think happens?
0: I think all of them. I think this is just there's just too much good stuff here. And it, with Gates there was just a few documents that were sketchy if as I recall or maybe there was more, but there was there was not these so incriminating documents which you know Facebook is saying that for there let's be fair that this paints a, a, a skewed picture of uh, out of context of old emails and you know that's their excuse but it's not good to have this stuff to have actual documents and that's the you know it just it doesn't link to Katie Hill, but if you don't want to see something later, you don't want to see something later. Like, you just they've they've they did these things at a time when they were much looser and thought it was were smaller, um, but now in context, it doesn't look very good that they're that they're trying to block other people's business, which everybody accuses them of, and they're in the and instead, and now there's proof of it. So I think it's problematic on lots of levels.
1: You know how they could uh, serious they could solve this in about ninety days, and their stock would go up thirty percent, and they could. Absolutely. No. Tell me. Well, it's what it's what uh, the the kind of the patriarch of the family in succession, that, which is a great series, uh, says when he comes under fire, and that is, all right, it's time for a blood offering. If
0: <laughs> That was right. That's if, um, that was crazy. If
1: Mark Zuckerberg said, look, we're proud of the progress we've made. This is an incredible company, but our role in society and the economic growth we provide, the economic security we provide, the connections we provide are so important. This is... This has grown beyond me and similar to Bill Gates. I'm going to kick myself up to chairman. And by the way, Sheryl Sandberg has announced she's leaving to start a foundation focusing on, you know, name whatever, I don't know, the latest fabric softener for her reputation is. The stock would be up 20 to 30% in 90 days. This company, really, I think there's that. never a company that's needed so badly to turn the page. And it's mm-hmm. interesting that people really don't talk about the notion that it, it is so time for a, a change of management here, and it's weird that we just don't talk about it because we assume that's an impossibility. And at some point, they're going to say, "You know, all right, enough already. It's time, it's time to move these. Be the kick them upstairs, but to bring in somebody who has, who can kind of hit the reset." Who's going to do it? Well, you said Brad Smith. I don't know if that's the right guy or gal. Oh, yeah, but
0: who's going to actually get Mark to do that? It's got to be Mark doing this. No, so the board— there's not There's
1: There's only one there's way to There's nobody on that
0: board that's going to do this. The
1: board's got to hold hands and say, we want you out or we're putting a press release out saying we wanted you out and you fired Why should The stock,
0: out. is it a high? Why should they? They're not going to do it. Sorry, stock. I, I,
1: I think you're— I think you're— I think that's a valid point.
0: This isn't Logan Roy's situation, which is very— Tenuous at the end of last season. This is a company at full bore, like that's going crazy. And you know, Gates didn't have this kind of control. Nobody had this kind of control. And yeah, I think it's a this point. is not a, this is a board which is sort of like the Trump cabinet or or Lindsey plus Lindsey Graham. They're just not going to do anything about
1: power. It. Power absolutely corrupt. Speaking of the Trump cabinet, and a segue to our next story, mm-hmm. you know where uh, who's going to do absolutely nothing and start making excuses for the Saudis is our president. After we found out that they in fact had infiltrated Twitter,
0: they're also a shareholder of Twitter, by the way, big shareholder.
1: The Saudis are the, 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 the fund. The,
0: yeah, one of the one of the crown princes, this current crown prince, put in jail. Was a big investor. I mean, I, I assume they still have the investment. It was large. It was quite a big chunk of of that company.
1: Can you sort of break down or give a summary of what's happened to Twitter? Because I read through it, and I think I understand what happened. But can you sort of summarize what's gone down there? Yeah.
0: Well, they they have these employees and believe me I've re- chased down stories not just about Saudis but but Russians at Google, so and so at Facebook that there's placing that these countries are placing people in these access points which makes total sense. Right. I've never been able 100%. I'm not a national security reporter. I think it's the FBI's job to figure this one out. I don't have special powers to catch these people, but I've had so many rumors over the years that I've never been able to I'm just not a good enough reporter to do it. Um but employees access to Twitter's information on dissidents who use the platform, uh, this is the first time federal prosecutors have accused the kingdom of running agents in the U.S., which should come as a shock to zero people. Um, one of one of them is implicated in the scheme. Of course, is Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman uh, (MBS). Uh, he, he was the one who who the CIA has concluded uh, killed Jamal Khashoggi, uh, and so it's just it's just crazy. It's just it, they they just they're just using it as their their way to track people, their own little CIA. And I don't know what the companies can do to prevent it. Like they have to really, the vetting on these employees, I don't even know if they could do it correctly. I I don't blame these companies because they've got thousands of employees and who knows which one is working for which country and and et cetera, et cetera. So. Oh,
1: you can blame them. If you were to, if you were to start. Less
0: so. This is. This is—go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me how, because I think this is a really tough situation. Oh, I
1: don't know. You start putting Facebook or Twitter executives in prison, they'll figure it out. They'll start figuring oh, out— OK. All right. They'll start figuring out the same thing we do at our national security agencies that can damage—if if information comes out of the CDC or the CIA, people die or their privacy is massively violated. We're going to find out that the, the Khashoggi or— Some other horrible acts have gone down because of the porous nature and the lack of oversight and the lack of concern for our commonwealth that these platforms demonstrate in every way, every day. The kingdom of Saudi Arabia has figured out that these platforms can do tremendous damage to our country. Our national security apparatus has figured this out. The only people that haven't figured this out are the people running these companies because it might cost them money. But if other organizations can figure out a way to plug the leaks, soaking these guys. But for some reason, we give them a hall pass and we decide, oh, when there's a threat to our national security. How did how did they know that Khashoggi was in a foreign embassy getting a wedding license at a very specific time? My guess is it was probably an operative inside one of these platforms that had access to his email, access to his social media. I mean, this stuff is it, – it, it's so obvious that the best investment a foreign intelligence firm can make is to plan operatives inside yeah. of these companies it's just not it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out it also doesn't take yeah. a rocket scientist to sort of figure like, it out to protect against
0: it's it it's like why do you rob banks that's where the money is 100%. <laughs> i mean that's the thing that's where the information is that's the kind of concept i was and, trying to and it like, goes, work out in my head
1: it goes to a bigger it goes to a bigger problem and that is i'm just barely old enough to remember the cold war and the duck and cover and the fact that there are foreign adversaries who are trying to undermine our way of life? We have a world with a finite amount of resources. We're all competing for it, and some of us are ideological enemies. And I don't think this generation of leadership in tech has a shared or collective history, and and uh, around our threats. And also, I don't think around
0: th- bad guys. Yeah, you and mean, I don't,
1: I don't think they they think of themselves as global citizens. And they're making money. They're making two hundred million dollars from Malaysia. So Malaysians must be good people who have share our interests. And I'm not. I don't mean to pick on. Malaysia, but they also don't—they've never—I mean, what we had in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and I'm not saying that was the best era for politics, but there was more bipartisan cooperation because the majority of our leaders had served in the military together. And I wonder if we need some sort of national service, whether it's teaching or the Peace Corps, where there's some collective shared regard or empathy, not only for one another, but— We definitely—
0: They they definitely don't see it that way. I'll say you're right. I agree with you. I think everybody should serve. I tried to, uh, but I was I was unable because of don't ask, don't tell. But um, the uh, there is no shared sense of this. Or 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 uh, you know, although they have like you know, Google tangled with China when it was hacking into their systems. That's why they pulled out. Um, so, they have a sense and they're battered every day from, you know, they're fighting nation states. So, what's the problem is that we've created these massive information centers that are just catnip for intelligence agencies. I mean, I hate to tell you, but that's what uh, Edward Snowden said. It's like this is like Facebook is an intelligence officer's dream.
1: 100%. Like, Yay.
0: They don't even have to try hard to, like, find anything about people. And so it's really—we've created our own spy system by giving them our information, which is really kind of disturbing on many levels. But it's still creepy that Saudi Arabia did it. And by the way, in perfect timing, Travis Kalanick took $400 million from the Saudis today. Nobody's touching their money. Like, everyone's, like, at least pretending it matters that these guys killed a journalist and uh, are spying on uh, on us via Twitter. And, of course, he collects.
1: Just as you said that, someone at Twitter is getting your home address and phone number.
0: Oh, that's all right. They know where I live. it doesn't matter, but it's not all right. It's just—it's really—I don't—it's uh, it, really disturbing on so many levels that they can—that there are so many access points. And I, I honestly—I agree with you. They need to have a better sense, but like, it's—it's it's like like someone was like, "What should we do at Facebook?" And yesterday at the New York Times thing, and I was sort of like, "Is there anything we can do?" Like, it, it's so big. It's so. Oh like, no!
1: Don't go there. there. The I world isn't felt, what the world is. The world like is that. what we make of it. We can I absolutely know. fix I felt this felt problem.
0: It. I felt it. I was like, oh, you can't fix something. You can't. You should but just, just shut it But talk about Kalanick cashing
1: a $400 million right. check. Is this for cloud yeah. kitchens? Is that what it is? Cloud,
0: the kitchens, yes, the kitchens.
1: Explain That's that concept because I don't entirely I, – I get it conceptually. Well, it's actually
0: not idiotic. He's not an idiotic man. Um, uh, I, I actually made a remark publicly at the New York Times when – because Uber's CEO was on stage, uh, Derek Huss, who, who, um who replaced him. Um, and, uh, and, uh, I said, uh, I said, you're better than Travis, but that's a low, a real extremely low bar. And everyone's like, that's so mean. I'm like, watch, just wait five seconds. He'll do something like this. Um, but, uh, yeah, he took, it's a cloud kitchen. So Uber Eats is getting big, obviously. And so he's, even though he's on the board of Uber, he's creating these kitchens. It's sort of like the munchery idea, but not as a brand. So it's a white label kind of things that, that will, will, they, they can, they can cook for their ghost kitchens essentially um and so they uh, they would uh, they cook and then take out people can use them to it, this delivery area is growing like crazy it's actually so he's in the white label part of it it's it's sort of like and it's a great idea it's actually and it also takes advantage of a business he knows well um and so it's it's on lots of levels it's smart but at the same time he took 400 million dollars uh uh, from that, according to the New York times, uh, from the Saudi, the big Saudi sovereign wealth fund. So he don't care. It's a, know, it Uber is an a interesting. Debate. So the
1: idea is to, if I understand it is say you're great at cooking Indian food, but you don't have access to the capital to start your own restaurant. You can rent a kitchen and, and then they will provide all the infrastructure and the delivery such that you can offer Indian food for delivery yeah. and be up and running really quickly.
0: Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's it's an interesting— It is interesting. There you have it. And, and, and the Saudis are deep in Uber. The Saudis are deep in WeWork, obviously. Talk about
1: it. A, yet another event the dog wasn't invited to, the New York Times event.
0: <laughs> you know what? I have to tell you, top executives came up to me and said, we love Pivot so much. We love it. And I said, Galloway is back. They listen to it Regularly.
1: I've been—I've literally—I've alienated them. every important institution. I've alienated everyone except my dozens and dozens of fans. So thank you, all of you out there. And was I'm tell just us- telling
0: you, you got fans at the top of the New York Times. They love—they listened to it, for sure. Yeah. For sure. All
1: it, right.
0: We, one more quick story. Go ahead. Well, sorry, what what, other what was the event? What insecurity? was the highlight? You were there.
1: What was the highlight of the it event?
0: Was, it was Andrew, Andrew Ross Sorkin. Who was dreamy. dreamy. He, had, he has a deal book. He had Bill Gates there. He had Dara Kusar Shah. He had Kim Kardashian— and Kris Jenner, and then Kanye West was there too. Like he was sitting in the audience watching them. I like, I said hi to Kim. She's great. I like Kim Kardashian. And then uh, who else? It was every Hillary Clinton was there. Uh, but what were the uh, highlights? Mates, any, any interesting Hasting.
1: insight or any, any, any interesting I thought moments?
0: Megan Del was interesting. I thought he was what he had to say. I thought uh, Brian Chesky did a great job. I did a podcast with him later uh, about what happened with the thing. I think they talk about a different way to respond to a crisis. He was instantly responsive and blaming himself and saying, I up, and, and trying to fix what we're it, gonna do. being
1: genuine about trying, trying to, to fix,
0: fix it. it. Yeah. Yes, I was like such a—he's con- very close with Mark, too, so that's an interesting contrast. Anyway, uh see, it was great. It was great. There was a lot of good stuff. Andrew Ross Serkin throws a nice conference, I have to say. Yeah, he's,
1: he's very he's very talented. In my next life, I'm absolutely coming back as him. He's got everything. No, you can't. No.
0: He does. He's a sweetheart, too. Anyway, all right, so very quickly, last thing, one year away from the 2020 election, the $75 million progressive pact that's trying to beat Trump at his digital game. uh, I think that is chump change, but it will focus on swing states, Arizona, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. They're just just not spending very much, and Trump has spent uh, more than $26 million so far on Facebook and Google, uh, more than four of the top Democrats. Uh, This organization is trying to catch up. It'll include advertisements on Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Hulu, Pandora. And David Plouffe, who worked for Obama, a campaign advisor, is on the board. But it seems like a small little effort. That's my, that's my feeling.
1: It's pissing in the ocean, not only because of the small amount, but because of the way they're allocating it. If you wanted the, the highest ROI capital expenditure. Uh, expenditure that would guarantee Trump's get, uh, Trump's demise or that Trump would lose is if Bloomberg, Tom Steyer, or Howard Schultz, any of these billionaires that claim they're looking or we're looking at running because the, as concerned Americans, they realize we're under, you know, so many of our values have been compromised and we need to restore and repair. If they were really serious about that, all they would need is $100 million. And if they took $100 million of their 50, 70, and $80 billion in wealth, respectively, and they did one thing, They called Mitt Romney and said, you're the man, and I'm the first $100 million into your campaign as president, as an independent, and a Democrat will take the White House. That would be the most effective Mm -hmm. allocation of capital is if a billionaire steps up, leverages the situation similar to the way that Adam Newman leveraged – The massive ego and Mm -hmm. face-saving of Masayoshi-san, the opportunity here, the glitch in the matrix is to leverage the massive ego of every senator that wakes up every morning, looks in the mirror and says, hello, Mr. President. If you convince any of them, call them and say, you're the man. You should run as an independent they will not – they will believe you. They will run as an independent. Got to find a Republican. They will take three to eight points from Trump, and we are back in the White House. But none of them will do that because they only pretend mm-hmm. to care about allocating their billions when it's putting their own face in the White House. We need someone to step yeah. up and fund an independent from the right.
0: All right. OK. All right. I like that. Who, what independent is that?
1: Yeah, it could be Mitt Romney. It could uh, be Evan McMullen from uh, – obviously both from Utah. He could yeah, get – he could shave off three to seven points. He's – He's known to—you he, you know, he's a, he's a rational, thoughtful man. All he's you great. need is— I've,
0: I've, I, He's been on stage at Code
1: Three to eight points. That's all we yep, need. Yep,
0: yep, All right, to finish up this section, before we get to wins and losses, if you need to take a moment to mourn your great political love, Beto, we can give oh, you a minute. Oh, my and, gosh. I will remember you. You know, have a montage of moments. We, I,
1: I, I appreciate the fact that we should recognize— and take pause when the hottest person leaves the race that is <laughs> it is seriously he is by far he is by far the hottest guy running for president and we've lost everybody got that i mean literally these people now brighten up a room by leaving it it is it is okay. it is the debate you are stage you
0: lucas it's so offensive oh my it's god so the debate d- stage is so less offensive. sexier
1: without beto
0: okay should, right. it, i don't think sexy is the point
1: in it's always list. the point. Oh. What other point is there uh, <laughs> other than survival?
0: Did you have a little weep into your thing? I told you Beto was going to lose way back when everyone was on his thing. I told you he was a man boy who just literally irritated me. I said he turned me into a lesbian. So he was a boyfriend that turned me into a lesbian type of person. But let me just tell you, I was right. My prediction was correct. You were that. right. I no, he's to underscore a- that. Anyway, we're going to get to wins and fails when we get back and and predictions, obviously. Okay, we are back. We have wins and fails. There's so much news this week. You know, we didn't talk about like the Fitbit buy. We didn't talk about much about Airbnb uh, with uh, the issues in Orinda, uh, I mean, in Orinda, California, and the fight in Jersey City. But w- give me your wins and fails. To try to get some of this news in here. There's so much stuff.
1: So, my win isn't probably that much fun. My win is the SoftBank deck from 2010 that's circulating.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes, my I gosh. Like it is
1: so hilarious. It's literally as if – so now in high school, we've replaced civics classes with computer science and entrepreneur courses, and that's how we how we end up with Mark Zuckerberg, is we've decided that our idolatry of the dollar mm-hmm. and innovators would now have entrepreneurship classes. This deck reads as if an 11th grade team, the night before their presentation on entrepreneurship, <laughs> said, I know – Let's get really high and pull this thing together. I was going to go to class before I got high. Mm -hmm. I have this thing pulled up. Okay, slide 69. It's the worst clip It's literally the worst clip art in the world. So pick any three slides and have a few drinks and then just look at those three slides. So, okay, slide 69. It says natural disaster, terrorism, unknown virus, meteor. It's got four terms. And then slide 70 says... Yet people long for love and get hurt by love. <laughs> and then I think
0: that's your message in your whole on. book,
1: Scott. And then I tell you. And then slide seventy-one. Information revolution, happiness for everyone. I mean, you can't make this shit. Ah, this know. shit. But
0: you know, Massa talks like that. I have interviewed him many times. I'm trying to get him to come to Code. He talks like this. Trust me when I tell you, this is out of his brain. It's his. He's done this before, and it's his brain dump. It truly is. It's, it's
1: all right. So an invitation. I invited the Cyndell to Sayunide- to Coachella, and he called my bluff. And his, uh, his office reached out to me and said they would meet me in Coachella, and I choked. I just couldn't handle the idea. What? So, anyways, I'm issuing an an invite to Massa. Me, him, Tulum, Edibles. This guy knows how to roll. And I will pull together his new deck. I have, I mean, I come across as rational compared to whoever, whoever he has running around in the sick of fans building his decks. But literally, f- download the deck you know. from SoftBank 2010. It is... It is literally kind there's of. There's
0: new. There's new ones too about the WeWork problems too. There's like these new ones about like them sort of laying it out in all its glory.
1: That's my um, win.
0: One of them said one of my favorite reduced price of existing commitment USD 1.5 billion dollars exercise price USD one ten a share valuation of 47 billion, and then a little arrow mark that just says reduced substantially. U.S. U.S. dollar 1160 a share after exercise, and I love the the little arrow that just says reduced substantially. Like it's cut to a tenth of its, and it's probably not even worth that. Anyway, it was my favorite. They just sort of put it out there. Do you have a win? Well, what can you do? So many wins. So many wins. I do think, I do, uh, I, I know people, I have, I have issues with Airbnb, but I do like the response that Brian Chesky had. And I think you'll see in this interview, like, we talked about Jersey City, and he didn't hide from me. He's like, well, we spent billions of dollars, and that was shot. Like, and here's why we wanted to do it. And New York's been an asshole, and here's why, you know. And it was, and then he was like, but I do see why. They're, he just was, a, he's a very thoughtful guy, and I think they did, they're trying, I think one of the issues I have with him, like I have with all else is I knew about house parties. So if I know about house parties, they should know about house parties. Like everyone knows that people rent Airbnbs to do house, to parties? Use house I, parties. I honestly didn't know. And there that. was yeah, and there's going to be something bad's going to happen at a house party. Anyone who's seen a teen movie at any point in their life knows what's going to happen at the end of the story. Um so it just I th- I the anticipation part and so we talked a little bit about what he anticipates is the next thing that's going to like he his whole job is like it's a list of like horror shows like you know that could happen in any of these houses when you're putting people together with people and the opportunity for scams the opportunity for scams on both sides uh, by the guests and by the hosts and so i think he uh you know they've got to put more money into safety and whether it hits his bottom line or not because they actually their business is has i think it's going to show a pretty decent uh s1 he made a joke about it because he Everyone asks him about WeWork, and he's like, I think you'll see that we know how to—we we, we, we try not to have disclosures in our thing by fixing them before we go public, like the bad things. Um, and so I think it will be interesting to see how that public offering goes next year. I think it was a win. I think he handled it really well. And I think he's really come into i watched him. I met them when they had three guys living in an apartment when they started Airbnb. I met them in a coffee shop. I think they've come a long way, and and I know the issues around – I get the issues around gentrification and the people venting, but they've, they've tended to work with cities except for certain big ones like New York um, pretty well, and they lost in Jersey City, and they did, so I think they're a win. What a, And your fail? Your fail?
1: Uh, so my fail is all the self-appointed spokespeople for the entire uh, economy who keep saying that uh, Senator Warren, if elected, the markets would get cut in half, and – the only thing that's consistent in terms of I a date— That guy da-
0: cried. That billionaire cried. Did you see it? Cooperman? Or-
1: oh, yeah. He was oh. so upset that about the prospect of the markets going down that he just couldn't—he was overcome with emotion. But you know what? It's total bullshit because the, the only data set we have is that during Democratic administrations, the markets tend to go up. And during Republican administrations, the markets tend to go sideways and down. And we're—it's just kind of ridiculous because the notion that— A disjointed foreign policy, income inequality, massively blowing up our balance sheet with crazy debt—that that's good for the markets long term—is just incorrect. Mm -hmm. We don't know how the markets would respond uh, to her presidency. In addition, we're studying to the wrong test. We're asking, we're acting. These people decide. Okay, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is the most important indicator of the health of the U.S. And 90% of the stocks are owned by the top 10%. So all it is is a proxy. For the wealthy, and if there is, in fact, a cohort that could probably absorb a hit right now, it is the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And Josh Brown, who I think is this incredibly thoughtful guy, as the CEO of Ritholtz Management. Mm-hmm. Uh, told me, or uh, it kind He's of great. clued me into something that I hadn't thought about, and that is, if the market were to go down, markets go up and go down, and they have to do that to mm-hmm. be functioning markets. But if the markets corrected, yeah, the people who own stocks would obviously get hurt and be. Uh, be worse off. So baby boomers own the majority of the stocks, old people own the majority of stocks, top 10%. But the people coming into their earning years, 20s and 30s, who had the opportunity to buy shares at a more reasonable price benefit from a lower price market. Similar to the way we talk about housing being so expensive and recognize that if the housing markets were to come back a bit or check back a bit in San Francisco or New York, you might actually find people in their 30s who make just a, a paltry half a million dollars a year could actually afford a house. So the notion that we have to keep the markets going up—it's just—it's just not accurate. Well,
0: yeah, but people have bought into this whole thing. Just everyone has, because that's how they think about it. Even if they don't have stock, they like, oh, the stock market's down. Like, um, it's—it's it, it's a mentality. Like, there was a really good quote the other day: people like, people don't like, like rich people. Poor people like rich people. They don't like elites, professionals so they sort of give these rich people a break over and over again whether it's aspirational or whatever or they were smart to get the money but rich people they love it's it's the it's the professional class that they, the elites they don't like and it was it's you know they they do link the stock market with their own fate even if they don't have stock and it's you know it's the similar thing that goes it's been going on you know in terms of backing Donald Trump who's just never not done anything for these people but they back him because they because he says, "I like you, I guess. I don't really know what the dynamic is there, but, it, uh, but it's a really interesting it's a really interesting psychological dynamic
1: Again, studying sure. to the wrong test, the question in the next debate, and what I'd love to see people asking the candidates is which of you is going to reverse the scariest trend and the scariest number in our society right now, and that is three years running, the decline in life expectancy. That's a more important number than the Dow Jones fucking industrial average. We're dying sooner. What difference does it make if your 401K is up if you're dying sooner? So which presidential candidate is going to implement policies that helps people live longer and healthier and more prosperous lives? But no one ever asks, Okay, let's talk about life expectancy. It's all about the Dow. We are studying to the wrong test, Kara.
0: I agree. I agree with you. What can I say? And let me just say one more, uh, I think, fail that, well, there's a lot of fails I would talk this week. I think. you know the Saudis once again proved they're the thuggish thugs of Thugville, and and the tech for giving them money. But that I said that before. But I do think this. Uh, you uh, the Wall Street Journal. This is something in your area, and I have a kid uh, applying for college. The Wall Street Journal reported the SAT takers' names and data are being sold to colleges to buy applicants and boost exclusivity. Isn't that according awful? To the the college Isn't board. that just The nonprofit awful. administers ASC, is selling data up to about test takers. To universities they're using the, the universities then use the data to target applicants they won't likely admit, but recruit them anyway ultimately gives the university appearance of more exclusivity and more income from applicants just like that, what That's the
1: what hell a 17-year-old needs, right? More rejection in their life.
0: Right. I mean talk it's about like a lot, talk about
1: losing the script. Universities are not only sp- supposed to be places of upward mobility, which we have lost the script and now we're just the caste system. We've now decided that we're, we're going to be points and additional points of darkness and depression for young people when they're applying to schools. It's just that is just, this should be
0: illegal, right? This, should be, this data sale should be illegal, correct? Is, am I wrong?
1: I don't think you can make it illegal. I think if you really work— Why not? Because they're, they're, it, it, buying a data set and encouraging people to apply, I don't understand what law you would apply to make that illegal. I think we do what you do really well— um, is we just, quite frankly, shame them. The media writes about this. It's a practice. The majority of faculty that I know, the majority of leadership I know at universities are good people, and they can talk themselves like anyone else into incremental decisions that where they create a luxury brand in the form of a university so they can charge more money and pay themselves more but I think when faced with this data set and the cold hard truth about just how ugly and wrong this is, I think they will correct on their own. I don't think I don't think you need a, I don't, I don't think you need a law for this. I don't
0: know. I gotta tell you, I've, the counters I've had with them, and I'm not like I shouldn't even say it because like I wanted to move something, and they're just it's like dealing with the like, like the Soviets. It's like no, you cannot. Like wh- it has no like customer service. First of all, none of it does. Like just the well, just they're monopolies. The counters.
1: Every big city it's has crazy. two good schools, and then they have the rest. Every big city it's has two good schools. and in the then and
0: they play to your fears, and it one hundred percent. I'm the one actually telling my kid, "Don't worry about it." You'll something. Will
1: they don't even play like, on I your mean- fears; they prey on your hopes and dreams. And that is, if you're if you're a middle class, upper middle class family, you've worked your ass off, and you think the the indicator of your dream against studying the wrong test is if I can get my kid into a good school, then I have lived the American dream. I've checked that box instinctively, instinctually, and provided my son or daughter. And we as universities have taken advantage of that of that emotion and we've raised prices faster than inflation greater than tech greater than greater than healthcare and now we've become a source of moral you know of moral bad the university system wildly no, needs to be disrupted we keep talking anyways we keep talking about this and and I know your son is applying it's an incredibly stressful time in households you pretend it's not you seem to be very, very chi well, about it well because I
0: don't care as well I am trying to be because it's like as, and but now like you're not just fucking with my son Louis. You're also fucking with his data. Go fuck yourself! Like I just, I literally got so furious at this. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Just to make him feel bad, like, ah, oh, just like. And then, and then it's so unfair to to everyone along this this the, the, the chain here. Like all the kids at every level of income, it's just like it's fixed. Like, like ah, like you. Re- there really is no. It's a. It's not a meritocracy in any way. Like that seems. Makes any sense? It's like everything's being so bought and sold, and it's it. You do have a sense that universities aren't like this, but of course they are. Of course
1: they are. You got to abolish tenure. You got to start taxing endowments in any university that doesn't grow their freshman seats faster than inflation. We need a Marshall Plan for land grant universities to massively expand. Wonderful uh, organizations like the University of Texas, University of Florida, University of California. We need an absolute, absolute reconstruction of uh, of of our university system, and also local. Local and state um, junior colleges, which are this kind of unsung heroes yes. of our society. Predictions? Should we go to predictions? You wanted to keep yes, it. Yes, we will. But
0: let me just tell you yep. something. Yep. You should be the heck secretary of education in the in the Buddha Judge administration. There you are. Okay.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah. I just put my shoulders back.
0: It oh, would end god. in a terrible scandal. Obviously, hundred you know, like
1: percent. But it'd be interesting. Skeletons. It'd be interesting.
0: <laughs> you would be so taken down, but it'd be so. Entertaining. Oh my <laughs> god.
1: The The question is: Would you defend me, or would you be like, "I knew it. I knew it all along. I knew it. I knew it I all just, along."
0: I, no. Here's what I'd say. I go. I had no idea, but I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah. You know. No. You'd be like. You'd be like. I'm disappointed, but not surprised.
0: I have to say I'm not surprised, but I didn't know anything about it. Like that's how I would do it. That's how I got it. Predictions. So I would get I would keep my distance and yet at the same time insult you. That's right. called Every uh, Woman uh, okay, in My Life. Go ahead. So um, we both predict that Facebook banned political ads by Thanksgiving. I actually think Gates's idea on stage at the New York Times yesterday, and, and also Ellen Weintraub, uh, uh, who said that they should adjust them. I think that's what they're gonna do. Now I've shifted from your prediction, which is that they're gonna ban them. I think they're gonna adjust them and remove targeting. What do you think, Scott?
1: That's something we can take credit for. Well, my, my so first off, just revisiting some of our predictions, we said that Uber was going to go down twenty to forty percent in the next thirty days, and we've already gotten that right. Uber's gotten taken to the woodshed, massively overvalued. The lockup came off. It's gotten it's gotten hammered. It's still going to continue uh, to go down. But we have uh, you know we have a market that's just incredibly uh, incredibly overvalued, and uh, I think we're going to see we've talked about this, private market unicorns cut by 30 to 60%, and public market stuff is already getting taken to the woodshed. But my prediction is about um WeWork, and that is what Afghanistan and Vietnam were to Russia and the United States, WeWork is going to be to SoftBank, and that is that they've thrown nice. good money after bad. And my anecdotal evidence that this thing can't get they can pull the nose up on this thing, and it will be a bankruptcy or some sort of restructuring probably by Q4 2020 or Q2 2021 is that I've started a new business, and mm-hmm. I made just such a rookie move, overhired, spent too much money on office space, and it's literally taken us six months to unwind that DNA and get back to an agile organization that's where it should be again. Take that times 2,000, and that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. at WeWork. And my piece of anecdotal evidence, although I do think it's telling is I have a friend that runs an architectural firm, and he was telling me the other night that they got a resume from a woman who's an architect who works at We, Mm because obviously they're laying off a lot of people. And it's a very liquid market for recent architects or or, or architects who are recent graduates, and he knows exactly what they should earn. And he said, this individual should make between 90 at the low end and 110 at the high end, and Mm -hmm. she's making 205 at We. The DNA, not only the DNA of the of the costs around the numbers of office and the growth, but the DNA they have set in terms of their cost c- cost structure around compensation. That if she's an indicator, and, and you can't take salaries down, so you have a DNA of cost structure here. Well, you, you can. It's very. It's much easier to fire people than it is to reduce their salary. It's try to Try to no, reduce I someone's out.
0: I had a, I have had people come and say, I've this much. And Bloomberg was like a crazy payer. I'm like, okay, I'm not paying you that.
1: Yeah, but that's, like, that's enough. They've already made the mistake. They've already hired this. My point is, as somebody who's tried to unwind bad DNA of an organization and sees how difficult it is, even when the organization is only 20 or 30 people, when you have an organization of 12,000 and you have that sort of horrible DNA, you can't. You just you can't unwind fast enough. So they're going to
0: have to take it into bankruptcy. Hundred percent.
1: Cloud cover bankruptcy. Q four, Q four next year, Q one or Q two of twenty twenty one.
0: That what that. Is good. I like that. I like that. I think that's a good one. My, I don't have a prediction except to say that you should read these Facebook documents. I think, you know, and, and people saying this is okay. is. It's, I know they're good what Facebook's going to say. And I, I met a really delightful Facebook PR guy, John Panette, yesterday. Uh, I got to say. You know, I'm good friends it, with John. not a good look. I'm good friends with John. Oh, yes. He's your pal. Yeah. He's lovely. What a delight. He's, gone, a to delight. The, he's gone to the dark him,
1: side, but he is a wonderful man. I did.
0: He told me. He told me he told me that. But I, let me just say, he's delightful and smart and interesting. I just don't know how—I've got—it it must be—it's going to be an incredible PR job for him and others there to be like, okay, let's let's tell you what this really means. And so I, I think it's—I think that is to watch what, what this goes out because— They've sort of they feel like it feels like a like a moment like it's got to stop and I have to tell you a lot of people on this panel I had a lot of people at the conference were like focused like a laser on Facebook in more than anything so they're blood in a offering
1: position. we need a blood offering blood off. <laughs> although you know what we're I'm doing to I was going you know s-
0: how that turned out Speaking, we're not going to say for those who t- what?
1: but Facebook has added a ton of value to my life because I'm literally they are such geniuses at delay and obfuscation and wallpapering over corruption. We have this new rescue dog, gangster, and we're not sure if it's a dachshund or a Doberman, but I think it's a Doxen dachshund because Dachshunds are impossible to house train. But my only job at home is when he is out of the crate is to watch him, and of course, whenever I'm home alone, gangster goes and he takes a big dump on the only expensive thing we own this carpet that's worth a good four or five hundred dollars. <laughs> and then my wife comes home and goes, "Ape shit, and I am so good. You know what I say now?" I'm like, I'm like, "You know what? We need to do better." <laughs> or I'll say to her, I'll say to her, I'm sorry. I need to reestablish trust. Trust is the most important thing. Or I'll say to her when the dog's in the crate and hasn't shit in ten minutes, I'm like, I'm proud of the progress we've made. So I'm announcing here and now, I'm taking this to the next <laughs> level. I am going to start dressing as Cheryl Sandberg at our live events. We're talking Oscar de la Renta. We're talking Christian Louboutin. Not going drag. We're talking. To our oh events. oh my god, I am so ready to go drag. No, I have more legs no than drag. a bucket of chicken. Now we got to pick.
0: You do not have nice
1: on faces. Twitter. I want to hear from our dozens and dozens of fans that our next live pivot should I cross dress as Cheryl Sandberg or Rebecca Newman? Rebecca Newman's more poochy. She's a little bit, but I can go there. I am so ready to cross dress. I'm Johnny Depp. I just want to tell straight I, guys uh, cross dressing. It is
0: time. I I literally want to tell listeners that I knew nothing about it, but I'm not so surprised.
1: Already, women's I'm fashion surprised. is so much more interesting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And yes. I, I have a model's body if I were a woman. I'm so ready. There were
0: inklings that Scott was a problem, oh but my God. you know, I am so shocked by this behavior. Scott, it's time to go.
1: Seriously, in a poochie right, dress, I am lane. a tall starting drink of lemonade. A tall ter- drink of lemonade. Inappropriate,
0: <laughs> starting with inappropriate terrorism jokes and moving on to drag. It's time for us to go. I'm so ready. But if listeners have a question or idea or company, Pivot to mercilessly take down over the next couple of months. Shoot us an email at pivot at voxmedia.com. Also, we're hiring for a new producer for Pivot. Please apply at voxmedia.com slash careers. If you think you're the right person to join the team and can deal with this giant situation with Scott. This situation. of course, you didn't know about, but you're not surprised.
1: There we go. There we go. Wait. Hold on. Our credits. We got to do our
0: credits. Go ahead. Do it. Uh,
1: our producer is Rebecca Sananas. Our executive producer is Erica Anderson. And special thanks to Rebecca Castro, Drew Burrows. If you like Pivot, tune in next week or leave us a review or download wherever your favorite podcast can be found. I did that wrote from memory.
0: Okay. Oh, my God. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Box Media. We'll be back next week after another breakdown of all things tech and business.